everybody, and thanks for tuning in. Thank you for your ears during these troubled times. This is Best Behavior Creative Club, the podcast for people that make things and make things happen. Um, We talk to leaders, we talk to creatives, we talk to business people, and we want you to learn from their stories, and we want you to come away with tactical, actionable, you know, uh, things that you can take into your life and your careers. I'm Chris McAdoo. I'm your host. I'm a creative director here at Design Sensory, and I'm joined today. Uh, I'm super uh, proud to bring um, my friend and collaborator at Design Sensory, Josh Loebner. I'm going to give you a little, uh, a quick, long intro. It's sort of like an intro for Josh is a bit of the uh, uh, the mullet of intros, because even if I wanted to make it short, you know, it's still going to end up long. Um, <laughs> Josh is sorry, Josh. Um, Josh has spent over 20 years in the ad biz, uh, currently pursuing a Ph.D. from Clemson on advertising and disability inclusion and representation. Director of strategy at Design Sensory and uh, dude serves on all kinds of boards. The Global Alliance on Disability Inclusion in Media and Entertainment, Travelability, Dollywood, um, the City of Knoxville Mayor's Council on Disability um, and the American Advertising Federation's Mosaic Council. Uh, Josh is an Advertising Hall of Fame inductee, um, even recently awarded the National Silver Medal for outstanding contributions to advertising, um, particularly related to inclusion of people with disabilities. Um, And Josh also writes quite a bit on disability and and inclusion, which is what we're going to be talking about today for Ad Week. So, uh, and as uh, your uh, um, bio says, he is fully blind in one eye, legally blind in the other, but clearly sees the best in everyone. I like that statement. (laughs) Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thanks so much. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Josh, man, um, these are, I'm going to say, unprecedented times. Uh, I want to stop using that word. I want to. Th- I want things to be precedented again, um, but we're both recording from uh, me from my home uh, office and studio and Josh from his uh, home, just so you guys know what's going on with the uh, the recorded audio. But Josh, I want you to give the folks a little bit of a further intro as to what brought you here, what matters to you most, and what are those things about disability and inclusion that have been with you as such a strong part of your life, man? Well, you know, that's that's a thank you for the great lead in, Chris. And uh, just to tell a little bit more about uh, my story, um, when I was born, my parents uh, were, were so loving, but I was born three months premature. And um, uh, this was way back when in the early 70s, the doctors said, don't name him, that he's probably not going to make it, no reason to get attached. But they said, to heck with that. Uh, and they named me Joshua Bernard Zachary Loebner, the longest and strongest name they could think of. I only weighed two and a half pounds when I was born. I was in an incubator for about three months. And and really, that's where my disability uh, started at birth. Um, I had had limited vision and um some challenges there that that continued where when I was nine, I um, uh, had glaucoma uh, in my left eye and had to have it removed. Uh, so I've had a glass eye for many years and and my good eye has gradually and continually lost vision to where now I'm uh, legally blind. And um, so when it came to careers, 
I made a lot of mistakes and I was in forestry before I was in advertising. Um, and I had some folks who were very fortunate to guide me. And they said, look, you, you don't need to be in a, a career that's going to get you stumbling off of a mountaintop. Um, sit at a desk and uh, work you know, at a computer where you're not going to have to worry about falling off a mountain. And uh, I thought about it, decided it, and have been in advertising now for 20 years. My first job was at Young and Rubicum Advertising. Uh, this was in the late 90s, and it was still on Madison Avenue. So I'm glad I can say that, uh, yes, I am a madman. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, but I didn't do a lot of the things Don Draper did. Let's just uh, clear that air. Uh, but when I when I started my career in advertising, I noticed that uh, from a diversity, inclusion, and equity standpoint, people with disabilities were rarely represented, and uh, that that kind of stuck in my craw, and it was something that I I kept thinking about um, after two thousand one uh, and nine eleven. I moved back to Tennessee to be a little closer to family and friends, and um, have been at a number of different agencies, but now at Design Sensory for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And and about a decade ago, I started a blog called Advertising and Disability. The reason I started that blog was that I wasn't seeing the headlines and the stories and narratives that, that I felt like were appropriate. Uh, or if there was uh, an ad that featured somebody with a disability, the coverage really wasn't uh, wasn't focusing on it. Or if it was, it was to an extent misinterpreted. So uh, I started writing about 10 years ago on the subject, and and, and that writing's grown. Um, enjoy now uh, developing some uh, articles and, and stories for Adweek. Um, the most recent one that's going to be coming out, just a teaser, is talking about uh, right now uh, that people shouldn't dismiss disability inclusion in advertising. And within advertising's mm -hmm. path forward, how can disability fit in. And we can talk about that more in, in a minute. Um, but but really, advertising for me is one of the most wonderful industries. And I feel like people with disabilities, honestly, should gravitate to it. Uh, you know, advertising, Chris, as a creative director, you, you well know that it's an industry full of iconoclasts and differentiation and messaging that truly stands apart from everything else. But one of the biggest challenges in advertising is that Oftentimes, when it comes to the creative talent that make up people within the industry, it, it's uh, it's to an extent homogeneous. Um, now that's changing, uh, and there are a lot of opportunities for everyone in the industry, whether it's women, people of color, uh, Latinos, Latinas. Uh, but again, people with disability are still, for the most part, marginalized. And and I hope through. Uh, Conversations like this, we can we can help that momentum continue to grow. Well, talk to me a little bit about that momentum. Um, which right now, Josh, uh, I've been you know at conferences where um, your uh, your talks have been very well received, both from economics or economic development, tourism, um, all those kind of things, where people were starting to pay a lot of attention. You know, Josh, you're talking about iconoclasts, people that make a difference, and sometimes those people are quote different, and instead of marginalizing. You know, we were looking at a lot of folks beginning to not only accept, but celebrate, right, those differences and figure out um, how to include, um, how, just how to include folks that we wouldn't have thought of before, um, I suppose. And 
What do you think the impact of the current crisis? Because we're recording this, uh, it's April 23rd, 2020. So um, obviously we're in, you know, like I said, unprecedented times. Um, What do you think is happening right now to that conversation, Josh, about disability and inclusion? And what are the steps that you would like to see or that you think people can take to keep that conversation going during these times? So that's a great question. I'm going to take just a quick step back and, and mention something else that uh, that you brought up in in uh, the the eloquent biography that you you uh, uh, just shared. I'm also pursuing a PhD in advertising and disability, and I say that um, and this gets to the point of conversations, Chris, is that um, in the presentations that I may give or or dialogue that happens at a professional event, uh, I'm meeting with people who are uh, already in their career path. While I'm so appreciative of all of the um, connectivity that happens at conferences where uh, people from various industries are able to connect, we're already professionals and we're already uh, sometimes entrenched in our ideas and thinking. And, And while many times disability and diversity, equity, and inclusion is able to to transition and and shift momentum at the professional level at the um, academic level really is where it it needs to start Uh, oftentimes students who are interested in advertising marketing and business are taking wonderful courses whether it's to learn how to program to learn how to be a designer uh, creative uh, copywriter an account manager or a researcher all of the coursework involved teaches so many skills necessary to be at the table at the professional level, but none or rarely uh, are co- is coursework focused on diversity and inclusion, and in, in particular disability. And so people, uh, young professionals who are coming into the industry already are a few steps behind on a path towards considering inclusion uh, that could to an extent derail uh, opportunities for conversations like we're having right now. So so anyway, but that that said, the COVID-19 uh, coronavirus is, is really causing ableism to, to rear its ugly head, which it's, it's just deplorable at some of the, the uh, negativity that's taking place. For example, and I hate to say this, there was a, uh, a protester for, uh, here in the state of Tennessee at the state capitol just a few days ago who had a poster. And this was a group wanting the state to reopen, to move away from the stay-at-home home order. And the poster said... Sacrifice the weak, reopen Tennessee. Well, that poster mm-hmm. uh, is reminiscent of uh, other communications that was uh, pushed out propaganda by the Nazis in World War II uh, to be able to suggest that euthanizing people with disabilities is the right choice. So ableism, which basically uh, is defined as uh, society looking down on people with disabilities as, as second-class citizens, hasn't left. It, it is there in so many ways, uh, whether it's a right-wing protester or potentially uh, bioethics coming into play where um, certain guidelines were, were bubbling up in the headlines that uh, if the pandemic increased to such a state that hospitals needed to make decisions on who to care for and who to not care for, it seemed at one point that people with disabilities were looked at as those that were expendable. So societally, there are a lot of major challenges right now that that are uh, happening when it comes to disability and more broadly diversity. Uh, but but advertising is powerful. Advertising 
can go well beyond features and benefits to making a significant impact on society. Well, I think you're making a really good point there, Josh, that for the folks out there, um, that every time you watch a, a, you know, a commercial or you interact with a brand or you see, um, you know, somebody driving that Volkswagen away, there's been a casting decision made. Right. Or there's been a, a thought about that audience. Who are we talking to and why are we talking to them? You know, um, the way that we are. And this is I mean, you know, obviously the, the ableism and, 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 and those those are pretty extreme, you know, examples of things happening to folks that are um, that could be considered, you know, different or in any number of capacities. Um, I guess one of the things that uh, that I think would be really helpful is when you do come to the table um, as an advertising professional, and really what that means, Josh, as everybody knows, is it means you're a storyteller. You're star- you're telling the story of a brand or a a cause, you know, or something. And how do you, you know, personally like to bring um, the inclusion to the table? Right. So. You know, Chris, you brought up some great examples of of seeing people with disabilities potentially. So there's that visual representation, let's say in a TV commercial yeah. or a print ad or what have you, or, or on a website. But the storytelling starts before the story is told, right? And so being at the table doesn't mean um, after the fact, reviewing a spot and seeing somebody with a disability in it and, and praising, but really rewinding and sitting at the table when everybody's just coming up with ideas before any communications really has been planned out to, to have diversity and disability inclusion sitting at the table to talk about the plan forward and how in whatever the plan manifests, whether it's a commercial, whether it's an integrated campaign, whether it's an experiential uh, branding moment like an event, uh, virtual or otherwise, how can how can accessibility be considered so that as many people can participate and connect with that as possible. Because ultimately, really, that's the goal of advertising is it, we want to make sure that we're connecting with with so many people. And what's, uh, what's crazy is it seems like there's not a lot of people with disabilities. And that's because uh, in media, whether it's entertainment or advertising, so few people with disabilities are represented. And yet, population-wise, one in four Americans has a disability. So it, it is a vast and significant audience that actually has a lot of brand loyalty and, and brand buying power. I want to circle back to uh, uh, something you asked earlier about these about these times. What what can agencies or advertisers, what can brands do right now? And we're seeing a lot of um, uh, very grassroots, non-traditional initiatives where something might not be as cinematically produced, but uh, uh, people at homes are videoing themselves and doing uh, live social media casts or podcasts like this, like what we're doing right now. And the, and the mm-hmm. thing to consider is that people with disabilities are, are sheltering in place right now. They're, they're working, they're parenting from home, just like everybody else. And so if a brand is capturing content uh, and reaching out to their audiences, their customers understand that people with disabilities are part of that audience. So if, if a brand or a creative director or a copywriter is wanting to conceive of an ad right now in these strange times, think about how somebody with a disability could play a role in that ad. And I'll say even further, it's significant right now because what is very interesting is that there is an invisibility of disability representation in some of the current commercials that are that are happening mm-hmm. 
And in fact, what we're doing, what you and I and everybody is doing right now, uh, 80% of the population may not be affected by uh, this virus. And yet the 20%, which includes millions of people with disabilities, are not being seen, except for the fact of the, the ableism that's being pushed forth in the media. So it's it's very challenging for a lot of people with disabilities right now that either their voice is not being heard or it's being misconstrued by an ableist perspective. Well, tell me a little bit about, because um, those are big numbers. I mean, you know, you're talking about a quarter of the United States population being left out of a conversation. And that's the conversation on a broad brand level or on, you know, if I'm, if I'm a business owner and I've got an ice cream shop, you know, am I not effectively talking to literally a quarter of the people that I could be? And can you give us a little bit of insight into what um, kind of makes up that population of that quarter, like how, um, how that's broken up? Yeah, Chris. So, and, and what I will say is I, I don't want to come across and suggest that the industry isn't making strides forward. While we are in very challenging times, there have been wonderful advances with regards to inclusivity. I would say uh, much more at a very uh, national or larger agency and, and uh, brand level, uh, where, for example, Microsoft uh, Xbox Adapted uh, won a, a Cannes Lion last year for its representation of yeah. inclusivity and in people with disabilities. Uh, and so we're seeing a lot of that with big brands. One of the challenges that I, that, that I do see, and you, you know, you mentioned an ice cream shop at a local, you know, mom and pop, um, disability yeah. sometimes gets left off of the table in conversations at more of a, a, uh, a smaller community level. And, and I think that's an opportunity to, to bring it back up. But so who, who makes up that audience? That audience is made up of, uh, people with mobility disabilities. And so that might be somebody that you might think of in a wheelchair uh, or also the deaf and hearing impaired. Uh, those are pretty mm -hmm. self-explanatory. Here in Knoxville, Tennessee, we have one of the three Tennessee schools for the deaf. That's uh, I think near where you, near where you live, Chris. Um, it's actually, uh, yeah, literally right at the end of my, right at the end of my road. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then blind and visually impaired. I'm one of those, uh, audiences. Mm -hmm. A fourth disability group is neurodiversity, and those are people who uh, you might know of as, as having autism or Down syndrome, and those are mm -hmm. uh, mental disabilities that, uh, to an extent, communications needs to cater to. So each one of these groups has different idiosyncrasies and, and unique traits and characteristics that advertising, marketing, and communications can connect with in some way, shape, or form. And, and here's one thing I'll bring up real quick is that oftentimes people go down this rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, these are so many different disabilities. How can we create a unified campaign that speaks to all of them? And what I'll say is um, there have been other minority groups where each one is different. Nobody is is one dimensional, right? There's a, an intersectionality to all of us. And so there's not one type of people of color. There definitely is not one type of uh, audience in the LGBTQ community, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, some of those are, are, are worlds apart than others in that community. Uh, and, and so for disability, there can be voices, representation, and connectivity in advertising. And, and that's one thing I want to stress right now is that don't, as a brand manager, as a marketer, as a creative, um, uh, just not do anything because you kind of feel like your your hands are tied because there's 
so much information. It, when it comes to inclusivity uh, across the board, or more particularly disability inclusion, uh, you can start down that path in a way that's that's simple and straightforward and in a way that you don't feel like you have to expend more dollars or time, uh, which oftentimes, for whatever reason, people think that may be the case. Well, to kind of bring things back around, I think we've gotten a tremendous view into the power of, you know, of inclusion, of, you know, of, of, of disability, what that looks like, and the tremendous opportunities that are out there for those audiences. But I do want to, I want to kind of step uh, to the side a little bit too, Josh, and kind of, um, Ask a ask a bigger or just a sort of a different question of after twenty years um, in the advertising business after twenty years of communicating with people um, just in general what are some of the things that you particularly like enjoy most about about the industry or about the client experiences or about seeing these efforts about disability and inclusion you know uh, come up what are some of your you know big passion points right now. You know, Chris, it's interesting. I've been in the industry so long, I don't consider myself an old man, but I, I came in, I'm, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, and I came in right at the transition from traditional advertising to digital advertising. And, and I'm a lifelong learner. And what I love about advertising so much is that you're not doing the same thing day in and day out and day in and day out. There's not a, a, a drudgery to it, right? The opportunity, especially mm-hmm. with an agency, and, and that's the only thing I've done in the advertising career, but working at an agency is something's new every day. There's something new every day that, that's magical, right? And uh, there are frustrations, there are fits, there are starts, but I think there's an, always an opportunity for rebirth and, and growth and lifelong learning. And really, that's my focus is that um, understanding whether it's new industries, new clients, new team members and new services that we offer uh, in the industry. Advertising is one of the most amazing professions to be in and I wouldn't want to do anything else. Man, that's awesome. And, and I, I am personally like, I really dig when you, um, when you particularly when you're talking about things that you're passionate about, Josh, because you can tell that you've done the work and that you are truly passionate about communicating, you know? Um, and, and I want to leave uh, some folks with some tactical you know, uh, things to, to move forward with their businesses, with their careers, you know, all of those, um, kind of things. So, uh, what is something that you would tell someone, what would you tell 24 year old Josh Loebner? What kind of things would you focus on and what kind of things, um, would you want 24 year old Josh to know? Well, and again, I go back to lifelong (laughs) learner. Always be curious. I think I was curious then, and and I'm curious now. If we diminish the the flame of curiosity, then you know where do we go? Where? So honestly, there's not too much I would say different. Um, I was at that time in a different career, but I was open, and really, that's what we have to be in advertising: is to be open. Other, if we're not open in advertising whether I'm looking back at myself at 24 or looking at myself now in, in my late 40s, if we diminish the flame that that, that shines a light on openness, um, then we're diminishing creativity. We're diminishing differentiation. We're diminishing opportunities for progress towards marginalized audiences, such as those with disabilities. So I, I think the opportunity for everybody is to be curious, 
be welcome to and open to new ideas. Honestly, that's what diversity, equity, and inclusion is all about, is that openness to accept things that are different. And ultimately, as a creative, as a strategist, that's what we all need to be. Otherwise, we're cranking out vanilla. And who wants vanilla? Well, <laughs> that is that is great. It's a man that speaks with purpose. Um, and then one more, uh, one more thing. If someone does want to learn more about... Um, disability inclusion, the things that you're so passionate about, what kind of resources are out there um, to uh, to learn more and take action? So uh, outside of my day job at Design Century, I'm proud to be a contributing writer to Adweek. And if you mm-hmm. just go on to Adweek and you search disability or you search diversity, um, you'll find a, a plethora of articles that share what big brands are doing, what emerging brands are doing, some of the major challenges that are taking place. Uh, If anybody's interested in website accessibility, if you just type in those words in Google, there's a a number of wonderful articles and avenues to go go to. Hey, and I'm always up for a conversation, phone call or email. I don't know if we're going to share that information, but uh, if you just uh, type in my name in the search bar, you'll find me. Of course, my website as well, uh, my personal website, advertising and disability.com has information and insights and or check out Design Century's website. Well, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You know, Josh, I think that um, it's it's always great to hear somebody speak with passion, speak with purpose and be willing to put the work in that makes that, that then makes action, you know, happen. And that's definitely what you do. And I think um, you guys at home, I hope that you got as much out of this as uh, as I did. Um, thank you, Josh, for joining us. And I'm going to leave with sort of the moral of the story, right? Is, uh, Josh, you talked about the story beginning before it gets told, right? And that is the opportunity, um, regardless of where you are, who you are, and what you're trying to say is never, ever take your audience for granted. All right. So thank you, Josh Loebner, for joining us. This has been Best Behavior Creative Club, a design sensory original production. Hey, thanks for listening uh, to Best Behavior Creative Club. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed what you just heard. Best Behavior Creative Club is a design sensory production and a DS original series hosted by me, Chris McAdoo. We're produced by Brad Carpenter and executive produced by Joseph Nother. Sound engineering by Hunter Foster and music by Matt Honkinen of Pitchwire. If you like what you heard, Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, etc., etc. Please leave us a review or drop us a line at bestbehavior at designsensory.com. Hey, y'all, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Now, go make something great.